Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God, I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fiennes Show, brought to you by Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. That over there is John Fiennes. John Fiennes, how are you? I am great, Joe Miller. How are you? I am uh, just peachy. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And I don't mean my skin tone. (laughs) Oh, snap. That would be more... Not tomatoey. What would I don't know, pasty? Probably more pasty. My skin tone, but yeah, that's uh, it's winter. I'm Irish, like full on Irish. Like <laughs> I look good in green, even though I hate wearing it. Like here we go, right? This is what you get. <laughs> oh, aren't we lucky though? We got you, Joe. We couldn't do any better. Uh, yes, you are absolutely one thousand percent. We're lucky. celebrating. We are celebrating. It's Victory Monday, John Fina. Skin tone and all. We got Joe Miller living large. Come on. <laughs> Victory Monday. I got the shirt on. Hold on. There it is. Show us. Victory Monday. That's a shirt that I do not have and I need in my repertoire. So I absolutely, I've got the John Fina Fina Friday shirt, but I do not have the Victory Monday shirt. I've got the Mimi Monday yeah. shirt. Uh, I don't have the Victory Monday I, shirt. I, I had to pull the trigger on the uh, Victory Monday shirt because it's so cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it's good to see you. It's good to see everybody in the chat. Uh, Thank you to everyone who is consuming this uh, vidcast currently live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Whatever platform you're on, please like, please subscribe. So there's a thumbs up button on YouTube. If you want to just jump on that thumbs up button for me, that'd be great. And if you are consuming this podcast in audio uh, fashion on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, please also like and subscribe. Uh, Before we get started, we're going to hear from our show sponsor, uh, Ficta, Endel, and Elmer, I care. And let's hear from Spence. Picture this crystal clear vision without the hassle of glasses or contacts. Imagine watching Josh Allen's game changing touchdowns with absolute clarity. At Ficta, Endel, and Elmer, I care, we can make that a reality. Now, in a matter of seconds, with Zeiss Smile technology, you can see clearly and get back to doing the things you love as soon as the next day. Visit us online at Ficta.com and take our free self-test to see if you're eligible and schedule an evaluation. At Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Go Bills. Go Bills. We got some stuff to talk about here, John Fina. 
Oh, that sultry tone of Jay Spansko pills. It's just dripping. It's so nice. We're so lucky. We are so lucky. Um, yeah, let's uh let's dig right into this thing if if that's okay with you. What uh why don't you give me some just high-level thoughts? There's there's people in the comment section already that are like, if we could get like 45, 40 minutes of John uh, John Fina just talking about offensive line play, I'm good. Like literally, that's where people's headspace is at because the offensive line in run protection showed out, right? So go it's, ahead. it's not run protection, run blocking. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I just want you to be savvy, Joe. I know oh, handsome and pasty and wearing green. You got to add savvy, baby. You, you got to have the whole package. You just made me sound like the Grinch. I appreciate it at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you, Grinchy Grinch. <laughs> Thoughts on the game. Uh, wow. Just wow. I, I, I did feel, and I don't know, we could go back a few episodes. I did think we'd take Dallas and Buffalo. Um, I, I, I mean... What, what can you say? Both sides of the ball, few errors, great play, incredible energy. The the nature of the just the aggressiveness of the defense was exhilarating to me. Uh, the confidence in the offensive line and the run game showcasing James Cook was fascinating, right? I mean, it took you back three, four decades of football to look at kind of like, what well, this is our feature back. Not only can he run it, but he can catch it and he just continues to impress. It's it's really it's really a marvel watching him each and every week. Yeah, it's it's odd to me, and I tweeted about it, you know, I, because I've I've made comments in the past because James Cook coming out, you know, he only the most the most touches he got in one college football game, I think, it was fourteen. So there wasn't a ton of film on him. Clearly, he was elusive. Uh, I think he played well against Michigan, right in the national championship game with the limited touches he had. But like the the bead on him was that. Uh, first of all, he has bad contact balance. And for me, it's like, well, all the footage that I've seen him like seen him in, he's usually 12 yards down, like down the field already running at full speed when somebody glances him and then like throws him off balance. That's not really going through the line. Uh, and then the other one is he's not big enough, not big enough to be a feature back in the NFL. And it's like, well, his brother Dalvin is an inch shorter than him and weighs 10 pounds more than him. So you're telling me that this 20-year-old kid can't put on 10 pounds? Is that, or does he need 40 pounds? Like, what What are we talking about? I mean, just look at C.D. Lamb. I mean, that guy came out, he was a stick figure. And then I, I don't pay attention to Dallas football very often, but yeah. earlier in the seasons, I was like, whoa, C.D. Lamb hit the food line, hit the food trucks. <laughs> and that guy's, he looks massive now. Yeah, he's still he's still a little skinny to your point, but uh, but yes, he's he's much bigger than he was. That's for sure. Like uh, Garrett Wilson isn't a big guy, obviously wide receivers, but then then you watch his development through last year, and then uh, the limited catches or, or touches that he had this year, and then Joe Brady comes in and starts giving giving him the football, and you begin to see him like catch up with the pace of the game. Like, and I mean, in game, the game that he's in currently, not like, well, I get eight catches or eight touches a game, 10 touches a game. And hopefully I get to do something. You see him find the flow and the rhythm of the football game. And it's like, why have we not been doing this since week four last year? Like what? Well, uh, you know, go back and listen to this really cool show that I'm on called the off tackle show. <laughs> and I've been saying this since last year, I'm, I'm more of a crucible guy. You take a guy that you have talent in the, that you believe has talent in the second round and I just don't appreciate the whole 
slow it down. Take your just throw him in there. He's a grown up. Same with same with Dalton Kincaid. They they took it a little too slow, in my opinion. And uh, who knows? I, I was reflecting back on the season earlier, and I thought to myself, for the love of all that's holy, the Denver game, the Jets game, and the New England game, and holy cow, we're the ten and we're the ten and three team. Yeah, the best. I could just. Yep. Go ahead. I uh, just yeah, I had to go take something because I was getting nauseous. So I just really wanted to throw up. I was like, God, those those three games were just outright giveaway fails. Yeah. Epic. I was, I was in the truck today taking uh or I was picking McKenna up from school today, and I was like, the Buffalo Bills could legitimately be like eleven and three right now. Like they they and and the number one seat. They like Anyways, I digress. So my thoughts real quick on this football game before we move to the good. Um, clearly, the Buffalo Bills did what they needed to do. At this point in time, the only thing the Buffalo Bills need to be concerned about is the game in front of them. And I know that it's cliche, and that's what they say all the time, but l- there's never been a more true stance. They need to worry about this week, and that's all they need to worry about. And then next week, they need to worry about that week and nothing else. If they win out and do what they need to do, their chances of making the playoffs are very good. They have an opportunity, potential to win the AFC East. I think there's a rogue outside chance they could actually be the one seed if they went out. Obviously, there'd be a whole lot of losing going on around the NFL, which the Bills have not gotten a lot of help. But this was a great football game. I said last week on my show that I felt like it was something last week, the Chiefs game, they could build off of, which what I meant by that was the defense. Staying aggressive with the Bills having a lead, which they did in this game, they they to use the phrase that we all like to say, they stuck their foot on the neck of the Cowboys and did not let it up. They were like, nope, stay down there. Like there was no moment where it's, what if they throw a 90-yard pass? Oh, no. They were just like, we're just going to stop everybody and, and just do what we got to do. So great football game. Good. They're, we're going to be here for a minute. There was a lot, a lot of good in this football game, and uh, I wanted, I want to, I want to build off of something that uh, Dan Orlovsky and I'm, I'm sure you watched some of Dan Orlovsky's stuff, right? Like he's a former quarterback in the NFL. He's the famous quarterback that ran out of the back of the end zone as he was like trying to just go laterally and stepped out of bounds for a safety when he was I, with I, the Lions. I, I tend to not pay attention to too many people because I like to formulate my own thoughts rather than steal, beg, borrow, and. Well, Steve. Dan has been very good about being level-headed, and him and actually ESP and Greeny, uh, Mike Greenberg, recently have both been like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Y'all trash Josh Allen, and he's not really the problem. Uh, but Dan actually was was going breaking down what the Bills did against the, the Cowboys, and he was talking specifically about the Cowboys' defense. Um, and he was talking about the fact that the Cowboys run a lot of nickel 4-2. He didn't say nickel 4-2, but they run you know four defensive linemen. Light. Two linebackers that are like 200 pound guys, very, very light guys, and a lot of like defensive backs. And the problem that the Dallas Cowboys had was the fact that we kept putting 300 pound offensive linemen on these 180 to 200 pound guys and they couldn't do anything. And then we just ran the ball right down their throat, which to me was a, a, a very stark reminder of what the Colts did with us with Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> they just kept chugging Jonathan Taylor down our throat as we just would not come out of the four, two. So um, I thought, I, well, I, I, you a- talk about not coming out of the four, two, but it's a personnel issue too. Right. I mean, right. Right. Say what you want, but look at Dodson, Bernard and Williams. Those are not, those are not Ray Lewis, right. uh, big fellas filling gaps. Right. <laughs> so instinct, Right. alignment edge power 
and aggression. Brian they might have done a little bit better, but you just Brian Urlacher. Six foot wow. five. You did you play against Brian at all, or was he just after you? Uh, he was after me. After you, Thanks. six six Goodness. foot five, playing middle linebacker, just like and big, like from the University of New Mexico. <laughs> just a big old boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lives in Phoenix. I understand. Okay, so. Honestly, I, I look at this game and I think to myself, what really makes that game? And and I know you talk about the defensive personnel and they ran 4-2 and they were light, maybe some 2-3 safety kind of stuff because historically the Bills try to beat you with Josh Allen in the arm, right? So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But the layer that Joe Brady is bringing is how he's utilizing running backs out of the backfield. Mm, mm. So – we had some nice play action last night, but we're also leaking the running backs out. Mm. So whereas you have a spy now for Josh Allen, if we're releasing the running back through the middle or through the B gap and putting him out in space, you're eating up a guy, yeah. which opens up the middle of the field. So we didn't need it because we were exposing them with the run, but you can be damn sure that if we had to go back to the pass – we would be hitting the middle of the field because we'd have the linebackers sucking up on uh, the running back crew, which, by the way, all of them played pretty damn well. They've, Not, been, play, they've been playing well for four or five weeks. I mean, I mean, yeah. this Ty Johnson kid is is has flash. Like, he can see holes. So, Big boy and get through him. So Ty Johnson's best play of the game was in the second quarter, and he's lined up in the wing formation outside of Deion Dawkins, and they run that play that, that I call zone revert, right? Mm -hmm. So we're running zone to the right, and we're pulling Spencer Brown across the formation. Deion Dawkins at left tackle has an opportunity to, to mug up on the linebacker who's who's threatening the B gap, mm. but instead he takes the defensive end. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's on Micah Parsons. I get that. But there's a guy in the hole. The play goes, and I'm like, I got to go back and watch this again. Who's the guy that comes up into the B gap and takes on that linebacker and has a brilliant block? None other than Ty Johnson. A, a wrinkle on a play, and they've been adding wrinkles to this zone revert all over the place. Sometimes the backside tackle is – is flowing into the B gap and making his way north. Mm. And sometimes he's just sitting on the defensive end and then the pulling tackle is wrapping. It is, it is so cool because there are, there are variations to it. And then they throw Ty Johnson into block. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It was, <laughs> it was one play with three different variations that we saw. We ran, uh, we ran lead week with uh, our, incredible fullback Reggie Gilliam that was a mm -hmm. huge play mm -hmm. we ran outside and we ran a lot of inside zone we ran four running plays over right. and over and over it, it was brilliant so the bills have gotten a lot of criticism from all of us that are that watch it whether we're content creators or just the everyday fan uh watching the bills incessantly hand off out of the shotgun uh and they incessantly handed the ball off out of the shotgun in that game yesterday but it was working and I think that's the question that I have for you is, was it was it something in the way that they schemed? Because Dan Orlovsky talked a lot about the fact that they basically were, said to themselves, we're not going to block Micah Parsons. Like, we're going to run at number 14, which I, I can't remember that guy's name. But they're like, we're going to go in this direction and let Micah Park Parsons just kind of do, do his thing and chase the play, which he did a lot of in that game. Um, so I guess that's the question I have. Why did it work in this football game when it has not the wrinkles? You talked about wrinkles. Why? Why did it? Why was it so effective 
There was one point in time they ran the same play three times in a row against the Cowboys, and I think they got like six yards, eight yards, and eight yards. Like it, the Cowboys had no answer for that play; they couldn't do anything. So, I mean, the truth is, after rewatching the first half today, that it didn't always work, and James Cook bailed out a couple of 50-50 blocks, mm, mm. like okay. like a ten year like a ten year vet. I mean, his, his, and I always say it's, oh, he's a low center of gravity, but he really, before he makes his move or his jump cut, he really drops his ass and he's able to, he's able, he's able to make that cut and accelerate. So I'd say in three or four plays that should have been two yard gains, he turned them into six, seven, eight, nine yard gains. So it looked great. Some of the blocking was fantastic. There were a few that left a little to be desired, Mm -hmm. but James Cook bailed him out. And it was it was brilliant. Yeah, he has a great running and, running style. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, and I'll tell you another thing: uh, Joe Brady really has a patience for calling the run and mm. saying, uh, you know, I think it's there. I'm going to stick with it, knowing full well that on occasion you get a one yard gain, you get a two yard gain, you get no gain. Mm. That's just how it happens. But if you believe in the plan and you see the things from the top that lead you to believe we can still work these schemes, then going back after it is always a good thing to do. Yeah, real quick, super chat from uh, Michael Graham. Michael says that uh, first time watching live, keep up the great work. Michael, thank you so much. We appreciate the super chat. And we Michael, where you been? You laying down on the job, listening in your car in the parking lot? Is- you watch it now. You make it on time for work tomorrow. You don't get written up anymore. Come it's on, like, man. It's only year four of this show, right? Three, <laughs> four, year hey, four. So- <laughs> yes, but we are so happy to have you. Thanks for, thanks for coming by the live show, Michael. Did you hear any of the live pressers after the game uh i i, I picked up a little bit of josh uh, i think it was on the field though and uh little james cook yes so literally the question was asked of Deion dawkins josh allen and i don't remember if it was asked of more than of another person but l- they asked him that them because there was a very this there was a disparity in, in play calls right so josh allen threw the football 15 times completed seven passes the bills beat them by 20 something points like that's insane which if if all of us had heard before the game josh allen's only going to cl- complete seven passes we're gonna be, we're like i'm not even gonna turn the game on <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm gonna just go to bed like i'm gonna get drunk and i'm gonna go to bed like i'm not gonna watch the football game <laughs> um but but they asked him was that by design what did, what did you see going into the game to make you like go that heavy and run and literally josh and Deion dawkins basically said that wasn't the game plan it was all joe brady joe brady was like they can't stop it Let's make them stop it. And they just kept running the ball straight down their throat, which I feel like to your point about Joe Brady, as much as Brian Dable is heralded and is, uh, I don't, you know, is being the play caller that kind of developed Josh Allen. But there was a lot of criticism around Brian Dable. If you remember, there was a lot, like he was, he, he, he could design plays and he could scheme guys open, but it felt like he just never had great pulse of what was happening situationally in the game at times. Ken Dorsey, a whole different conversation. But it feels like with Joe Brady, and this is just me as a fan and, and just as I mull driving around in my truck or sitting like while I'm working, it feels like plays were being called before, and now there's a purpose for why a play is being called now. Right. So, you know, we people throw a lot of commentary around like, oh, you need to be situational. Well, what does that mean? 
It, it means put the play that you've designed to get four yards in place when you need four yards. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've got three or four of those. It's it's third and four. You need three or four of those. And if they give you a look, then you're going to try to throw it down on the nine route. Maybe you drop back and protect because they've they've shown something. But what I what I see is when you're preparing for a game, you're like uh, not like me, but you're like an artist staring at the canvas, right? Mm-hmm. And you get your chalk, and you do your line drawings, and then you start to fill in the color. And then you start saying, like, you're Bob Ross. I'm I'm going to add a tree over here, and then I'm going to add another tree. Happy and then by the time the <laughs> and, then, and then by the time the game comes around, your game your game plan could be swollen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you feel like like I made this. Look at this beautiful game plan I've got developed, and look at this giant card I get to read all these plays off of. So you almost start to get married more to your game plan than the actual game itself. Right. So right. if you if you fill the game plan with all these nifty great ideas, but something's working, you know what they say? You know, ride the horse you came in on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and he did just that, and I think that's that's really I think I, I mean I'm glad that you told me that instead of me having to filter through a bunch of media to hear the comment because that gives me great faith in a guy that has a feel for the game, right? Who's actually on the phone, who's talking to the players and saying, "Tell me what you see, mm-hmm. you know, instruct me what's the opportunity." And you know he's obviously paying attention to that. Now, look, I'm not I'm not willing to crown the guy yet. I well, think he's doing a terrific job. And I mean, boy, that learning curve. Woo. Well, he's I mean, done this. Being he's a play this, caller, he's done this. He's done this before. This isn't his first time. So he was a play caller in and in and LSU when they won the championship with uh, with Joe Burrow. Um, it's it's but it's, it's a it's a different crew, a different cadence, a different feel. And you know what? I'm I'm telling you, you get tight. <laughs> so he's he's looking pretty loose. I'm pretty yeah, happy he, about it. He, he looks good. It's been four games. There's an aspect for me that I'm probably ready to crown him as far as that goes. Um, it's 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 funny because everything that you just said about you know, the, kind of backing up what I said about you find a play that works, keep running. I, I was going to go to like a family thing. So I, as a little kid, I remember sitting on the couch with my grandpa and my grandma would come in the room and you know they were married forever right so for a million years and you know old old couples with it old couples interact and like the bills were not good back then right joe cribs is the quarter the running back or greg bell at the time i can't remember and i just specifically remember like they'd have one good run right the bills would have a good run and my grandma would be like i don't understand why they don't just run that play every time and my grandpa would swear at her dorothy <laughs> like <laughs> she didn't know and it was just so and then you watch it happen in real life it's like they just ran the same play three times in a row like <laughs> Uh, it works okay, so but right, but but you're bringing up a great point. Let's just say, looking forward, and we will beat the Chargers, but there might be a circumstance where those brilliant run plays of yesterday don't work next week. Right, but right, right. You still got a run game plan, and you are going to implement that sob. <laughs> and I promise you that there are going to be more than nine Buffalo Bills fans in Bills Mafia saying, "Why do they keep running that play up the middle?" Right. You mean right. the one last week that James right. Cook got 140 freaking yards 179, on? 179. 179 on the ground. So he had 179 yards in that football game, which was well, crazy. Well, you know, I'm talking about the in-between the tackles play. Yeah, he uh, he he matched uh, levels only uh, that we haven't seen since you were on the football field, John. So. Woo. 
Uh, <laughs> there were, there were some running back behind you. So look, there, there were some really fine performances out there on, on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, I love, jo- I love Josh's comment about, I feel like I did a class project yeah. and I got an A, but I didn't do, <laughs> didn't do diddly squat. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and I think that's a that's a relief for him, and it, it it bodes well because now people are look at this film and say, wait a minute, the Bills killed Dallas, and they had seven completions. We better go look at this film. And you know, it was great when you watched uh, uh, Barry Sanders mm-hmm. in Detroit, and you thought to yourself, well, I'm looking at the film. How do I stop him? I mean, they're all trying to stop him. Right. So it, it definitely like you start looking at the Bills offense and saying, okay, wait a minute. They can they can beat you with the quarterback's legs. They can beat you with the running back's legs. And then Stefan Diggs and the running back can catch it out of the backfield. And oh, don't ignore Shakir or uh Dalton Kincaid either. You know, you start kind of wrap your mind around it That's thinking, it. now I'm building a defensive game plan as big as Dorsey's game plan that I feel like I have to call every play. Just because I put it on a card. Yep, that's that that you literally said it. So I work from home as you do as well. So I sit on the couch and I do work. I pound out emails and make phone calls with the TV on in the background, right? So that there's always sports stuff on in the background. And they talked about the fact that teams have had great quarterbacks, right? Uh, and great quarterbacks haven't necessarily won the Super Bowl. Teams have had great running backs, to your point, Barry Sanders, right? And they haven't won the Super Bowl. The Bills are in a situation where if they can get teams game planning against them to stop the run and you've still got a great quarterback behind him that can be Superman when he needs to be, right? Uh, Not to mention the fact that he can also run himself. So they're already pulling somebody out to spy him. This is literally the piece that's been missing the run, and we've talked about it for years. This isn't new conversation. When we had Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, and when Aaron Cromer first got here, it was all about fixing this run game and getting like an identity on the ground and like finding something that worked. And finally, it seems like hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on all the wood you can find, it seems like we're going in that direction. But to your point, 
Josh Allen completed seven passes and they scored that many points. So defenses now this week, the Chargers are going to be looking at with their new head coach. Uh, what's on? What happened in the run game that we need to be careful of, right? Which takes away from time that they need to spend game planning for for Josh Allen, which is great. So, uh, another super chat from the the same gentleman, Michael Graham, in for a second time, double dipping. John, John Fina, he says this is the best mm. offensive line since in your since opinion. Jesus wore sandals. <laughs> I'm in the apostles. They were some bad dudes. <laughs> I think. Well, it helps when you're when you're running back just walks on water like and he just. Yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> I mean, loaves of bread, fishes, the whole bit. <laughs> I, I saw a meme about Jesus going like, "What would Jesus do if he went into Olive Garden with the free breadsticks? Would he like confirm?" <laughs> no, I said, "Yeah, you said that to me. That's good. <laughs> breadsticks free." <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I'd so like five. <laughs> uh michael qualified you know, I, bills I, I, best, best o-line bills o-line since blank yeah yeah i know i know but yeah. jesus was our quarterback um so you know it's it's hard for me to to talk disparagingly about a group when they don't have all the pieces together right would would our offensive line have been as good as it was without thurman and jim i don't know right so i mean so you're saying that we're the, I'm going to say the talent. You're saying these the, the the skills players behind the offensive line help. Of course, 100. So if I look across the offensive line, I would say that this is a is a you know top ten offensive line, maybe top five. Bills history, but in Bills history, probably you know top top three, wow. top two somewhere wow. in there. Wow. But but again, you're marrying it with the production. You know, if I look across the board positionally, you know, I don't know that we were so much more special, uh, you know, on the eye test than the guys that you have now. Right, right. But it's a quarterback and it's a running back and we had wide receiver one and two. So, um, you know, uh, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Yeah, for sure. And and I think that's that's what we're experiencing. There's a lot to be said about literally what you're talking about because even inside of this version, so you've got the electric company, right, which sent several guys to the Hall of Fame when OJ played. Uh, You've obviously got the offensive lines with uh, with Kent Hull that, that you were a part of and all those guys. And then you've got this offensive line. And there were offensive lines in between there when Eric Wood and Richie Incognito were on the team and some other guys sprinkled in there that did well when this 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 team was good on the ground. But when you when you talk about Josh Allen specifically, his his sacks are down this year, which is big, right? We've got two new starting guards. His sacks are down. But even throughout Josh Allen's history, and you texted me during the football game, I think I think I messaged or I don't remember exactly how it went. I, I said that at one point Josh was getting happy feet in pass pro because you could just see that he felt the pressure a little bit. But a lot of the sacks that Josh takes, to your point, are Josh's fault. Right, because he gets he likes to work outside of structure so much. He bails early, he drops too far, he takes off, he does something he's not supposed to do. But yeah, right. Yeah, and I don't. <clears throat> it's not a disparaging comment on Josh. No, I'm just saying that if 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 you scramble early and you know seventy percent of the time you make a great play, I'm not really like if I'm on the field and I'm Deion Dawkins. And my quarterback does that. I'm cool as long as he doesn't get up and look at me and say, "You got to protect better." And I'm like, "Well, right. bro, you're going to get yourself off the ground now." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you know, 
you come if I'm blocking a guy and you walk up into him and he tackles you, that's on you, brother. So right, right. Just, yeah, just just, uh, yeah, just wait, yeah, chill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that and that totally makes sense. And and coming off of your show or this show last week with Greg with Greg Cosell, I mean, he said something. Oh, that, you missed that show, didn't you? Yeah, I'm not oh. happy about it. I'm not happy about it. But he said something in that show that really <laughs> landed with me. In as much as it's something that we knew, but it, it began to open doors and thoughts for me. Um, and I actually, uh, Jerry and I were talking last week after that show, not about that show. We were just talking and just some stuff came up. And he said that Josh Allen is not a precision passer. And I'm going somewhere with this. I know you know this part, that he's a guy that wants to play outside of structure. And that's what makes him good. He's not a drop back, hit his fifth step, hit his seventh step, fire the ball, and like sit in the pocket guy. He's not Troy Aikman. He's not necessarily... Jim Kelly, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, D Tom Brady. That's not the guy he is. Um, so you've got to play to who he is. But the doors that began, or the windows that began to open to me was like, I wonder if, and going back to Ken Dorsey, if Ken Dorsey was trying to make him be that guy. If, because we saw stuff in Ken Dorsey's offense that we never saw Josh do, which was basically lock onto a receiver, watch him run down the football field, and then throw the football to him, and then it would get picked off. It was a bad throw. Josh Allen is very good about going through his progressions. He's good about getting through three or four, getting back to one or getting back to two. So it was odd for me to watch him like just chase a guy with his eyes down the field and then throw the football. And there's been criticism since then about the fact that there was a lot of Josh has even said, I maybe I need to stop thinking because there's been a lot of like, this is where the ball's supposed to go, throw the football here. And I and he doesn't play that way. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny is uh, I thought about this earlier today, all on my own without consulting you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I, I was thinking like, you know, that comment about Josh, we all knew it. Maybe Greg put it in words for us. That made sense. We all believed it. And frankly, I'm happy about that too, because I think the defensive fronts are better now than they were 30 years ago when I played. So I, I think we got the right guy, and definitely he's an instinctual player. I like the idea that I'm getting a feel from Brady that he's an instinctual play caller. Hmm. And I think that might be what's sort of like the disconnect between Dorsey and Josh and Brady and Josh, right? I think maybe, it, and I and I don't know, maybe Dorsey was a little bit more like, you know, formulaic engineering. You start here, you go there, you go there, and, and maybe Josh just didn't feel comfortable in that. And I think with play calling and situational play calling and setting a goal of, hey, we're going to get six yards on this play because we know we have two more downs, maybe Brady is a little bit more freewheeling in that, Look, we're going to be here looking to do this. These are your options. You choose. Have, have at it, kid. Yeah. And I, I think that plays well to Josh. I loved what you said a minute ago just about I built this entire game plan because literally my creative brain puts me in the situation of I, we, we, I made all these plays. We practiced them. We got to run them at least once. So why not here? Let's pick this play and run it now. Like, yeah, have have the humility to just see what's being offered to you and take that and just put everything else up on the shelf. It was a great idea, but we're running the ball. Let's just keep running the damn ball. So take cool what the defense give you, gives you is not only a quarterback thing, but you're saying that it's also an offensive coordinator thing? Well, 
Why are you about to slam me next? Of no, course it is. No, because I don't think no. that that's necessarily something that we all think about. We think the play is called. The quarterback should take what the defense gives him. Meanwhile, is the offensive no, absolutely coordinator. not? No, 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 no. That's part. That's part of play structure and game planning and analytics. Is looking at okay, we're on the we're on their forty five yard line. It's third and six. What do we typically see, and what does that give us? Like, what's our opportunity? And we're, we're, then we then we look at matchups, right? Yeah. And you have to you say, okay, well, on this particular play, if we get this matchup, that's read number one. If you get this mat, if you don't, then that's read number one. And where's my outlet? And you know, everybody's talking about it. It seems like James Cook on the outlet, whether he's going up through the A gap or the B gap, is is a weapon. Now, consider this. I'm sorry, I cut myself off. I hate You're it when fine. I do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wait, I didn't so put you off the range. It wasn't me. You, you, you've got a spy who's looking at James Cook and Josh Allen, right? The spy. He's the guy sitting there. I have to account for this guy. Get James Cook out a little bit quicker. Have him break into the flat. The spy goes away. Josh can still run. Josh can still pass. Chances are I don't want to cover James Cook in the open field. I'm going to need surgery if I tried to cut that, you know, chase that guy around in the open field. I, I it's really and again going back to game planning take what they what what they give you but also take what you have and expose what they you know personnel matchups you have yeah yeah for sure well let's transition over to the work and there wasn't much for me for me there was one penalty call against the buffalo bills technically uh there were actually two uh personal foul penalties called one on taylor rap that was negated due to uh offsetting penalties uh, the dude basically supermaned into Dak Prescott when Dak Prescott was in the middle of a slide, which is something that you just don't have to do. So as much as Bill's Mafia on Twitter was very upset because he barely touched him, he didn't have to do it. Like Dak was giving up and he hit his face mask. That one well, wasn't it. Wasn't it the second one that Dak just dipped super fast? I mean, sometimes well, the second one with Terrell Dotson, the problem was is is yes, he dips down super fast. And if Terrell just basically stands his ground and he dips into him, it's fine. But Terrell Dotson lunged <laughs> into the tackle and, and went helmet to helmet with him, which again yeah. is a personal foul penalty. You can't if he'd have dove head yeah, first. Look, I, I I get it. I get it. I know what you're saying, man. I'm just saying that when I played the game of football, you weren't stopping me from Going a hundred percent. Well, the game a, you can you don't just like you don't just turn it off. I'm telling changed. you, the game has changed, John. The game, I, but I'm still telling John. you the instincts that you that are required for you to play that game. And you're flying up on a guy, and he does a late slide. I thought but the first one was a good was a good the, call. I thought the second one wasn't so good. The the I, I I would agree with you in principle. I think the problem is is it's the lunge effect. So he's sliding into you on the second one. He's sliding into you. You don't have to lurch lunge forward into him, which is what Dotson did. The first one, there are times when there's it's a bang-bang, very quick, hurried motion. The quarterback goes down fast, but there's also times, and this was one of them for Taylor Rapp, where you can see the defensive back, the defensive player make a decision because he's whatever he's doing, there's kind of a hop up, a hop down, and then a dive at the quarterback when he's already like going down. Like he's making the decision to like dive at him when he's when he's giving up. And to me, it's just completely unnecessary. And it's it you were hurting your football team, right? 
there it's a potential momentum changer, which we've seen happen to this football team. But at the end of the day, it's hard to complain when they effectively had one penalty. I mean, it's it's all it was one penalty, and it didn't really hurt them, right? So, so you say that, and I don't know. I'll go back and look at it, but I think it's more egregious what Lawrence did to Josh because they were standing up, and he literally took that extra step. I think when you're flying around from the secondary, from the from the the uh, the second level of the defense, a lot of those instinctual motions and dropping and launching are already in play. Yeah. I mean, but when you're, you know, mashing up against a quarterback like this and you extend the, uh, you're going to get that one. You should get it every time. Eric Farrell has a comment and I love this comment. And the reason that I love it is because we're never going to see it. But if we did in theory, so Eric says, isn't Dak a running back when he's running across the line of scrimmage? The, The answer is yes, until he slides. And here's the thing. What you never see a running back do is slide. You never see a running back run down the football field unless he's trying to give up before the goal line so he doesn't actually score to like run the clock. But you never see a running back run down the football field and then slide on his butt. If you saw a running back run down the field, slide on his butt, and then a defensive back or a linebacker hit him and like hit him on the way down, that would get flagged for a personal foul. It absolutely would get flagged all day long. If he dives forward, different conversation. And we saw that in this game too, where the players were diving forward and then like guys would jump and pile on top of them. Like it's just a different, it's a different nuance, but that's, that's the only thing that I had necessarily bad from this game. I mean, there were some drops, but it is what it is. I don't, I I mean, there wasn't much. What do you, what do you have anything that needs work? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd say Dalton Kincaid could catch a little bit gooder than he did, but I'll tell you that guy blocks really well. And I'll take the trade every now and again, drop a couple balls. But he did some things in the run game blocking that were very impressive. Yeah. Maybe it's just because he's a rookie and he doesn't know how to be lazy yet. Right. Uh, right. I hope he, I hope he never gets there, like some guys. Uh, and we could talk offline. There's an expression for uh, guys in the receiving positions that don't block. It's not fit for family radio. Did you see George Pickens this weekend? No. There were two plays. <laughs> For George Pickens on the Steelers, one it was a goal line play, and the ball the ball carrier I don't know if it was Najee Harris or who it was was coming at him, and he basically instead of blocking the guy in front of him stepped away from the guy, and then like there was a a melee below him, so he like hopped over the melee to get out of the way, (laughs) like didn't engage at all, and then there was a ball that was thrown targeted at him that got intercepted, and he jogged in the general direction of the interceptor but didn't clearly did not go after him like it, it was bad yeah. it was i don't know how they watch you talk about guys watching stuff on the film which if, if there's a play that's getting watched in the film in the film room tomorrow it's deon dawkins like running that guy 20 yards downfield right like that's going to get all the oohs and the ahs in the film room but i don't know how george pickens makes it out this week with the, the with the efforts that he put put on the football field, but anyway, different. Well, that, that that poor kid from Dallas that Deion Dawkins rode nineteen yards down to the one yard line. <laughs> it's you know you you time that up like you every, everybody who's played football has had that play, and you time it up. We're like, yeah, man, I gotta I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I, you make you make sure you're out of the room because that you know that guy's probably a good football player, but he got oh, yeah. caught in the clamps. And right. I watched that play six times, and I'm watching Deion Dawkins shuffling his feet 
beautiful shuffle, great technique inside the frame. The guy takes off. He starts to to extend in a in a legal blocking way, and it just worked out so poorly for that kid. I, I'd like to say I feel bad, but I'm reveling too much in celebration to uh, – <laughs> You know, because I've been there. I've been on both sides of that deal. You know, I've been on both sides and to see one of my guys do it to one of their guys. I'm kind of like, you, you go, dude, you go. Yeah. It's, it's one uh, of those, the work. It's, one of the, it's one of those. Oh, sorry. You want me to go back to the work? My bad. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the work, um, God, you know, after this game, it's hard. So I kind of like, I got to think about the whole uh, season, right. In particular, I think that, uh, uh, Osiris Torrance still needs to improve, right? He's still doing some things in pass pro that you can get away with in college that you can't do in the pros. A little too much dog in a butcher shop, right? You got you def you always have to stay on your inside. You always have to be on the inside shoulder. And even when the guy's in space, you know, you 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 end, you're a guard, but you're playing like a tackle. You have to treat it that way. You go flying out, you get beat. Uh, beyond that. Uh, Spencer Brown still has some, I think, you know, pad level issues, stuff that he should continue to work on, play a little bit lower. Play he is playing better. long and he way better than last year, playing way better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and and we'll never know. I mean, until we sit down and drink a bottle of bourbon with the guy, I mean, how much was the back injury really affecting you? You know, but he he is so much people love this, especially like physics, you know, people that do math. I'm like, he's, he's more square than he always is like, Oh, square, square, square. Right. But you could see his hips are not turning. And I think, you know, I, I sent something out to Jerry during the game on that. When you stay square, you force a guy to beat you up field. And if you're an athlete, then you get to be an athlete and you get to widen the guy and run him around the back. Um, wow. Uh, this what is else can one. they work on? Joe Apposito said two punts almost blocked. Special teams, and I like Coach Smiley, has not been – there's been some issues, some challenges this year. I, 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 honestly, I'm just going to say, you tell me almost blocked, all I heard is no pressure, no punts blocked. Right? So well, – The reality they, they, is, they is most, to... most punts are almost blocked. Uh, we're talking about fractions of a second, right? Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that nobody coached that guy on how to block a punt because he had a block. <laughs> yeah, special teams can continue to improve. Uh, I just don't even – I just try not to even think about special teams because it's like it's like foreign to me. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking Mandarin. I'm like, I will never understand them. I will never I, – I, I can't communicate with them. We're not getting engaged. We're not having a second date. I just don't get you. Right. Like, like, you and I don't get along. Right. Um defensively I, I thought that the secondary played extremely well rasul douglas is i mean it's him or floyd like who's the best pickup uh, and and you've got williams and dodson playing well and uh, uh sorry uh, terrell bernard it's like in the in the absence of all of our injured guys now to include jordan phillips mm -hmm. we've had the next guy step up and I know how you hate all the sayings. It's a week-to-week -week league. We got to prepare for the next. But all that shit is true, Joe. Sorry. So Sorry to burst your bubble. So you context. want more. Context. But it's a week-to-week -week league. You play with the guys that show up. You don't apologize. And you don't make excuses. 
Context matters. Context is also true and matters. Context. When you play like shit week to week, it's not a week to week league. You're a bad football team. <laughs> Period. And yeah, who's gonna walk out there and say this team sucks? Except for right now, it's like Chicago and the Patriots. Hey, I'm at the podium right now. We suck, and I'm the worst of listen, all of them. Listen, listen. I no, I'm not listening. To I'm leaving. <laughs> I appreciate confidence in NFL football players, but when you're losing to the Patriots and you're standing in the interview room with a microphone in your face and you got a smile when you're being asked what happened out there and you're like "Eh, it's a a week-to-week league it's not that big of a deal it's like no no, this is who you are you guys are not playing good football right now and that's just what it is that's not week-to-week you suck at the moment doesn't mean you're garbage and you'll always suck which this team has turned it around but context is also important so well for sure I, I agree, but you know, they're you know they're only going to give up so much to uh, Joe Miller, you know, for to make you happy. Oh. And by the way, like you come off a loss and you're on like this this path of perplexing play, path of perplexing perplexing play. It's pretty good. It's a lot of alliteration right there. So <laughs> if 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 you're you're not in the mood to like overshare, like I'm not sitting at the podium thinking, how can I make Joe Miller happy? Like, with what I say, what will satisfy his angst and his disappointment? i got to be honest with you. At that point, I don't give two shits about what Joe Miller thinks. I just want to get to that podium, deliver a message. I don't care if you think it's great or it sucks, and then I'm going to get my ass to the weight room, the training room, the meeting room, or the field and get ready for the next one because it's a week-to-week league, and I've got to get ready for the next game. Just so everybody knows, tomorrow John is announcing his candidacy for the governor of Arizona because that is a very ah. political answer, and that's how politicians answer questions. <laughs> but at least I delivered it with passion. I would be up on the on the dais, be like, "Hey, Joe, look, I, I appreciate you want me to give you a little bit here, but I don't care about you, and I'm just going to give you the run of the mill crap because." Frankly, I don't want to sit here and talk about how crappy we are at the moment. It's, it's more about the questions that are asked. And I'm friends with a lot of the Bills beat guys, like good friends, like good friends. But it, there's an aspect of like, you know, Joe Brady gets asked last week about Stefan Diggs and the, the bubble screen that he got thrown or something like that. And so I don't rem- remember exactly what happened, but Joe Brady's answer was, well, we we threw the bubble a couple of times and it, and, and it worked. And I was like, when? And that's what I would have said if I was if I was a beat reporter in that locker room. I was like, "Can you tell me when the bubble screen worked in the last four years? Because this is the worst bubble." What are you, you talking have, about? We we actually had some decent success with it a couple of games ago. You and I, you and I were on a podcast. This show with Steve Tasker, and Steve Tasker finished my sense of, sentence. I said to Steve, "When you've got a defense." that sees the bubble screen as much as ours does and gets beaten by it. He literally stopped me and said, why can't our offense run one? And I was like, yes, exactly. I hate, uh, look, I hate the play. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to talk about it because I hate it. Right. But I just, anyways, uh, that whole thing is about just, yeah, answering questions. But let's talk about this. There's not. This is going to be quick. We're going to be done here in a minute, which I did my best this week, just so you know, to get us out of here in like 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah, uh, I know. But that's the problem. We got to do a separate podcast because then we're like, oh, we got we don't play off anybody. I was like, 10 minutes. A great game. See you later. 2024, the uh, Off Tackle John Phoenix show is going to be a daily show, a 20-minute daily show. So um, You want to do that? <laughs> if we get the sponsors for it, I'm all in. <laughs> for sure um 
I'm telling you, Michael Graham said he'd vote for me. Maybe he's got a few ducats. He's got to have. You got to be able to substantiate my campaign with some dollar value, Michael. Let's go. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Here. The Buffalo Bills are flying to Los Angeles to play the Chargers, who have just fired uh, their head coach and who should have been fired two years ago, probably. Uh, I don't expect this to be a uh, rally around the head coach kind of game. They fired the head coach and the general manager. That team is a mess. Uh, obviously, Justin Herbert's done for the season. Um, Keenan Allen struggling with some injuries. I, the Bills should go in there, and they should dog walk this team, in my opinion. So I don't know what you've got for expectations for this game. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's just like... That's I'm not, I'm listen, I'm, I'm not here to I'm tell done. you. I'm done with you I'm not saying shit you. like that. I'm not that, here to tell you that, that the is Bills not don't play cool. Down. That the is Bills. not cool. Don't even put that out into the universe. Dog it is hard to win a football game. Joe Miller, I don't care how down and out a team it is. The only they thing they've got they going for them, the only thing they've got going for them is, is, uh, is on defense. So I just don't. I, I th there's no re if the bu the Buffalo Bills who have sh have traditionally shown the ability to play down to their opponent, they should win this game by a couple possessions, twenty points, in my opinion. You and I are no longer friends. <laughs> Khalil Mack is the only guy that got on that football team right now. You cannot right now. talk like that. I'm talking like that. Your your camera's blurry for some reason. <laughs> Like, like I, I broke your it's camera. It's blurry because of what you're sending my way. The the wavelengths are all off. I broke your camera. Anyways, what are your expectations? You silly, silly man. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I I think as long as you win by one point, that's all I care about. Just one freaking point. If the Buffalo um, Bills go out there, play down to their opponent with a new head coach, new general manager, no starting quarterback, and they win, they come out of that game in a in a in a last second field goal to win the game by one point. One point. We are not having a fun conversation next week, Monday. Which is yeah, we, which is Christmas. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll say this. Oh God, are we? Is our it'll show be, on Christmas? It'll be Sunday. The game's on Saturday. It'll be Sunday. But yeah. Oh, we're doing our show on Sunday. Yeah, we'll do it on Sunday. Do it to Christmas. If you're Catholic, I am Catholic. I know you are. Um, <laughs> okay. So expectations for the game. I, I really think that this is a great opportunity for Joe Brady to start, you know, really developing himself. Right. So you got a team that's in disarray, an organization that's in disarray. That locker room is probably a mess. Right. Mm -hmm. So you want to find guys to pick on a little bit on both sides of the ball. Right. right? You want to expose people. I think the best thing you can do is just like they did against Dallas. You take the ball down the field and you score, you celebrate, and you show up with some great defense, hold them to a punt. Honestly, it won't be hard to take the wind out of their sails if they can muster any, but you can't give them a lifeline, right? Mm -hmm. You can't let them believe they have a chance. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think what you're going to see, you know, James Cook yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With running the ball, catching the ball, you're going to see, I think, seam routes. You're going to see a lot of crossing routes. A lot of things open over the middle. Josh will be back. He'll be 21 of uh, 32 for 305. I think James Cook will have probably 12 carries for 78 or 85. Uh, all running game on the ground. You're going to have 120. Bills win by 13. 
I, I appreciate that. I like the two score. Eric Bynum, who's the editor in chief for Buffalo Rumbling, says, and he's responded to Eric Farrow, who's like, oh, great. You know, all the content creators are going to go out and talk about how we're supposed to blow the doors off this team. He says, as the editor in chief of Buffalo Rumblings, I can assure you that I won't be discuss- discussing how the bill should blow, the, should blow the Chargers out. Well, I get free speech and I'm allowed to say whatever I want to say. Yeah. On <laughs> and uh, the editor in chief is not going to stop me from saying we should curb stomp the, the, the Chargers in this football game. Curb stomp them. I am canceling you for your <laughs> utilization of free speech. You are allowed to fire me. This is your show. If you want me out of here, yes, you can literally say to Matt, I'd like Joe Miller gone. And I will. Yeah, fire. but you guys know me and you still haven't given me the keys to StreamYard. So I don't even know how to set up a link. <laughs> so you're safe until, until somebody gives me the damn password and login information. What he's saying is absolutely true. <laughs> it is 100% true. I feel like I'm being treated like an infant around here. Oh, look, I found Jerry O's helmet, the one he was born in. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I was at the Bill store today because I have a big gift card for being a season ticket holder and like an authentic what? helmet. Hey, what, helmet. what am I getting? You're not. An authentic Bill's helmet is two, $419. $419 for, a, for an authentic Bill's helmet. It's like, good Lord. That's a lot of money. And that's the end of the show. So I'm going to get us out of here unless you've got something else to say. Uh, I do. Um, I, I In my heart of hearts, I wish that Bill's Mafia would just be a little less, you know, manic. Mm-hmm. I know it'll never happen. So my show's called the overreaction. My show's called the overreaction podcast. But you don't tend to. It's a total (laughs) but Bill's total red herring. It's a red herring. Bill's mafia does. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, that's right. They do. Um, look, we we love our team. You're not gonna like burn all your Bill's gear like they do on fan zone on no. college. No, which is great. The Dr. Pepper commercials. Right. So love your team, you know, love them for their faults, love them for everything they do. That's great. Forgive them for their losses and celebrate their victories. And, you know, it's um, we got an opportunity. We need a little help. We own our destiny in some ways. Uh, but I hope that you and I, Joe, get to talk live into the playoffs and I'm rooting for our Buffalo bills. I think they have a chance and I think they're, I think that they've got a feeling right now and that matters. If they can keep that going, that will matter. I agree. So it's being asked what time we're going on Sunday. Keeping in mind, Sunday is Christmas Eve. So everybody stay tuned. I don't know. It won't, we'll figure it out. It won't be Christmas day. I don't think Uh, we might have something special coming for you for next week's show, uh, which will be fun. Um, but stay tuned. We'll keep you all posted. But ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Phoenix Show, brought to you by Ficta, Endel, and Elmer. I care on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. That there is John Fina. What are you smiling about? I just think that you're so talented, and I'm, I'm amazed. You're looking every time at a I comment. I'm, I'm like on a different screen, so I can't see the comments. No, I'm not. I think you're fantastic. That's that's Joe Miller, everyone. He's the voice, and he is the co-host of the Off Tackle Show with John Fina. And thank you all for joining in the comments. We really had a great time. And Joe, yes, sir. Go Bills. Go Bills, brother. Go Bills. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. 
It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org slash future to learn more and support their cause.